Welcome, guys, back to another episode of the Two Heavy Wrestling Podcast. You have myself, Clayton, with the young maesters, Edward and Zachary, here to break down this past week in the world of WWE wrestling. And stay tuned to the end of this episode as we have a game that the fellas are going to be competing for, and possibly you at home as well. Yeah, we're going to start this off right. And this is just going to be a weekly segment I have called Why? And it's, it always stars the same guy. Who is it? Who do you think I'm about to talk about? Uh, no. No, I said why. Oh. Not hell yeah. No, why is why the hell. Actually, Austin Theory actually did give a good diss the other day. He said John Cena went back to Hollywood to be a mermaid. And then it, I was like, hey, that's a pretty good joke. And then I rubbed my eyes and looked. And it was Austin Theory telling the joke. Why? You want to know why, Eddie? You know he's from Atlanta, right? No, I had no I idea. Oh, who the hell cares also? You want to know why he had to have a good moment, Edward? Because he has nothing else going for him. Because he got barbecued so bad on commentary by Michael Cole two weeks ago that this past SmackDown, while at ringside, Austin Theory didn't even put on the headset. Gosh, he's just a waste of my time. That's a good way to put it. In all seriousness, it is so bad. Like, he has to go off TV for, like, the length of a pregnancy to, like, refigure that out. You can't just put him in NXT. He's he's too big for NXT, but this is a stink that's not going to wash off probably the rest of this year. It's that bad and they let it get this actually I shouldn't say they he let it get this bad but so let's talk about the United States Championship then because for for him to go off TV just willy nilly like I mean do you feel like Santos or Ray would put him down so bad that he would be gone that long he is so insignificant to the inner machinations of SmackDown and WWE as a whole that he could lose clean to whoever of Ray and Santos in a sub 10 minute match and just not be on TV and literally nobody would care. Nobody would care about. I don't I don't think you're wrong. I was just saying on a storyline basis, but I mean, we know how that looks. No one's going to care if he just doesn't show up. I mean, even from a storyline perspective, what storyline is he in right now? Nothing. The storyline around his contender is more than what he's in. He's just been there on the sidelines. Who cares about him? Who? Who? Not I. Certainly not I. Uncle Howdy has more of a storyline. Yeah, and he hasn't been on TV in four months. It's just... He just makes me so mad. <laughs> hey. I get migraines watching his I feel like matches. We just opened up like three avenues of conversation just with that sentence. <laughs> he beat Ridge Holland with that stupid rolling drop kick. How do you finish someone off with that? Beginning of the end. That is his finger poke of doom moment. Honestly, jeez. I know Ridge like just loves to hurt people. Like, okay. Also. Well, I don't think that was his fault the past couple times everything has happened. Yes, he is very prone to injuring people, or not necessarily prone to injuring people. He's always there when someone gets injured, and then, hey, because he's there, let's blame him. Uh, 
Uh, I think this past one, it was a pounce, right? Like, it was a, it was, that's, it was a body drop. that's what Ridge said. When he body dropped Buddy with the separated shoulder, it was a bad rotation. He just landed on it. Yeah, but so was Elton Prince's. Yeah, that's what uh, Elton. Um, but here's the thing. I mean, you can't you can't deny Big E's was just him spiking the dude on his head. Oh yeah, no, no, no. This this is the point I'm about to make though. Rich Holland broke somebody's neck. Yeah, and has been have that follow him the rest of his career wrestling more or less for a month and a or for a year and a half without issue. Yeah, Nia Jax broke Becky Lynch's nose outside of returning at the past Rumble. Just not there anymore. Right, like it, there's something Ridge should have been back down to PC or whatever because it's just it's too many in a row. Yeah, I think it's also because like you're looking at all these injuries that are happening, and it's like it a lot of it is just bad rotation. I hate uh, there was one in NXT where he did massacre Johnny Gargano and like almost broke his yeah. neck as well. Yep. Yeah, and like that one was the most okay that's totally on him in my opinion a belly-to-belly suplex overhead belly-to-belly suplex should not be done outside the ring in general it shouldn't uh, you like it's just a very dangerous move and you have you're more safe in the ring doing that moves and like when you don't have your size or almost even one and a half year. Right. And when you don't when you don't have like an actual wrestler, because I feel like wrestlers just generally do the belly to belly more. Like Kurt Angle was very safe while doing the belly to belly suplex. Brock Lesnar was very safe mm-hmm. while doing the belly to belly. And then you have someone like Ridge Holland who is very new to just wrestling in general. Having him do that move to a very, very big individual. That's not going to go well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely not going to go well in general. And oh my gosh. And that's a one guy. And especially the same point. That is the one guy who brings a lot of views and attention to TV where it's like, why would you want Ridge to perform that move on that guy? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So he, it, I, I feel bad for him, but there's just way too much going on to where if these budget cuts that were told to happen once Endeavor made the purchase, I do think he should be one of the first people on the main roster to be cut because of this. Because, in my opinion, he doesn't bring very much value to the product right now. Doesn't bring much value, and you can say he's unlucky. In all these instances with other wrestlers, you can say he's even snake bitten to a degree in all these injuries with other wrestlers with moves that he's performing. But name me two other people that have more than one of these instances that was clearly their fault in like the past four or five years. There's no one. I mean, answer this, though. I mean, even outside of the injury thing, it's it's a hard pill to swallow. But, like, if he didn't have the brawling brutes, what would he be doing? Jobbing. He would be doing... Oh, just just Ridge. Okay. Ridge... Because that's what I'm saying. ...would be shaky. That's who Ridge would be. Yeah. Ridge was supposed to be, like, a really big rough... So he was in NXT UK, went over to NXT, and he was supposed to be, like, rough and tumble, like, beating everyone up. Mm -hmm. Strong man. Mm Mm-hmm. 
And that is what he could have... Actually, better idea. It kind of just popped into my head. He could have been a... He, well, I guess PG version. I don't know the best way to put it. He could have literally taken what they were going to do with Lars Sullivan. That honestly kind of made more sense for him and just his stature and structure. Like, not as big as Lars, but like big enough, gets the point across. Former athlete. He's a very, very strong man. Mm -hmm. But you, when you don't get the fundamentals down and. You want people such as Shawn Michaels, such as Matt Bloom to push you without having said fundamentals. That's very difficult to do. And like we can use Maxine Dupree as an example of this. Like she doesn't have all the fundamentals down yet, but you're not seeing her do any crazy moves. It's just basics. Perfect the basics and then do all this crazy stuff in the background. Don't do them in matches. Don't scare everybody because there's no way they practiced that move before it happened. They just probably went in just like, eh, this is happening. Right. Can't be Bill Goldberg with a Mr. Kennedy work ethic. Nope. This is how people get hurt. And I love Mr. Kennedy. Love him. But he wrestled in a way that got people hurt. Yep. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just one of those things. It's an unfortunate scene because, like, him doing he doesn't have protection behind the character he is to get past these injuries that he's causing people like his his status in the company isn't going to get him past this in any way mm -mm. it's only giving him one more step towards the chopping block like it's just mm -hmm. that's just how it is but i mean when you think about it though like between him Seamus and Butch which i will always call Pete Dunn mm -hmm. as um, you should you just called him Butch. I understand. <laughs> but I'm talking about for brawling brute's sake. But he's on the bottom of the barrel. Like There, in this same lane, there was an interesting thing that Wade Barrett, which Dark Horse turned into the best color commentator in the company, maybe. Mm -hmm. Stone it yeah. out there. Um, I can't remember if he said it verbatim or made to the affected analogy, but he effectively called Seamus a gatekeeper. A challenge for, uh, which means a challenger, uh, a challenge for an up and coming person to beat and overcome, and now they're at another level. So, in a manner of speaking, Seamus being the gatekeeper for the main event scene, we've heard the rumblings in the background that Butch is probably going to be repackaged into Pete Dunn. Yeah. So, the to me, the groundwork is there, and all Ridge had to do was shut up after Elton got hurt. All he had to do was shut up. You don't acknowledge it. When you acknowledge it, it becomes that much more real, that much more publicized, that much more talked about. And then if you're going to talk on it, stand on it. To talk well, on he it, leaned into it and then fell off because he deleted his Twitter. Got, got overwhelmed, deactivated his Twitter. Okay, you can't handle in today's WWE what amounts to a bad crowd reaction online. Because I know it, it probably is a real injury. It's just funny because like what they did on SmackDown where he got, he rolled him out on a wheelchair. <laughs> and they're calling it on commentary like why is he rolling him out on a wheelchair? 
and then he just gets up and starts booking it and running. But it's uh, to finish on your uh, Butch comment because we talked about this when Raw was here last time. Mm-hmm. That this was exactly how it should go anyway. It should be that he versus Sheamus to be like, I need to be in your spot, and you need to step aside now. And that's he's like, I'm not going to be this dang character anymore. Mm-hmm. Pete Dunne is a national treasure once he is actually in the spotlight. If you are an NXT fan, you completely understand that. In Ridge Holland's case, you remember when Leo Rush was talking crap on Asuka? And he got, he went, had a fantastic match when he first debuted against Velveteen Dream. And then as soon as that match was over, talks, talks crap on literally the person they were pushing to the moon at that point when was the last six months later what next time we saw maybe actually he went right to the main roster i don't even think he had another match on nxt Mm-mm. he got moved up into that manager role which cool but do something with it and, and then retired 20 times but he's still moving man he's still he's x division champion he's x division champion he's a, <laughs> he's been pretty good at it but like you're you're gonna be in a certain spot where you have you're you are an athlete. Mm-hmm. If you are an athlete, you have to know how to handle uh, drama, fans, etc. Ridge Holland did that in the most piss poor way possible. Like you can't one. I, I also think you need to have a certain status to break kayfabe. In my opinion, yes, yeah, and he is yeah. not there. Mm-mm. No, no. You, like, if you injure someone and it's like a big deal, you have to be in, I'll say mid-card or higher. You have to be in that little realm. Rich Holland is not even, well, he is tag title, card, whatever, but we know they're, we all know they're not going to win. Like, they're basically like, ah, filler for next the guy who they're facing to win. There they are. Who do we need to set up to make a, the next tag team title match more compelling? And they're not Pete Dunne if he was paired with someone else. Like he Pete Dunne it has been a tag team competitor before, and it's worked. Mm-hmm. We have seen it work. Ridge Holland is dragging the technical prowess and the title capabilities of Pete Dunne, and that really annoys me because he could do so 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 much with just a title in his hand. Or his mouth, rather. Speaking of people who could do so much more with a title in their hands to segue to our next topic, let us talk about our history making dirty little man that's done hard time, but got himself a little treat this week. I was on the wrong side of the spectrum. What I say, what I say last week, I said mommy would set up Dami to get a treat. And look what happens. One, uh, as we mentioned before, uh, three main events in three three main events in one week. Raw, SmackDown, NXT. Lovely. Dami goes also, down. Also, hold on. Draft is dead. Draft is very dead. We've figured that it took out. Way less time than we even anticipated. See, you're not wrong, but to put on my uh, <clears throat> corporate chill hat. Dom Dom is now the NXT UK champion. Dom Dom's part of the faction. 
if Dom Dom decides to show up at NXT, then if his stablemates can show up with them. If Mr. Money in the Bank decides to show up at Raw or SmackDown. Wrong. Money in the Bank has a reason, but that's Damian Priest. Yeah, who knows? Maybe, maybe Damian Priest drafted as Judgment Day. Maybe Damian Priest wanted to insert himself into the tribal combat. We don't know that. We don't know that. But in all seriousness, um, the um, internal reports coming out from WWE from this past week is that the Judgment Day is here to stay, and that they're going to be featured more on NXT for at least the next month moving forward. Um. Me personally, I love the decision to have Dom take the belt from Wesley because I think Wesley's kind of like plateaued in what he could do with the developmental mid-card title. Like, if we're not sending Wes to the main roster, him and Braun need a program. In my personal estimation. Him and Melo need a program. Whenever Braun gets done spearing everybody. Mm-hmm. Um... And then with Dom, that gives him more time for in-ring work. He is getting better as time goes on, but he still has like some fine-tuning. And honestly, I think Randy said this on previous episodes, if he could delve a little bit more into that 80s heel bag of moves, yeah. it would help him a ton. Everyone, everyone got the bittersweet pill. They said, Dom should have went to NXT. And he did now. There you go. You're welcome. He has the title now, too, so shut up. Yep. And what's next in line? For One, I keep seeing this t-shirt he's wearing that says, Mommy's always on top. Not after this week, baby. Dommy's on top. And I can't tell you how happy... One, yeah, Marks, first of all. Everyone's saying he needs to go to NXT. There you go. Oligma. Second off, <laughs> like... <laughs> second off, I'm just pointing it out there. There's only one more route that, or technically there are two, but there's one big route that we're all we all got our eyes on. I know everyone else is thinking here, and that's Mommy and Dami competing for the women's tag titles, which will happen. Dami needs another treat. He's been doing so well. I think he could get one more treat. He's gonna die on this hill. One more treat. Come on, Mommy. I think the episode 100 special will be the time that they actually win. Eddie, why can't why, why can't Mavi and Dami go after the regular tag team titles? Like that's actually compelling. Yeah, yeah. the belt collectors. Well, seeing as how we've now had three different women's tag team champions in three last three weeks, sure, fine. I guess there's a not zero percent chance of that happening. So, real question. Is Judgment Day now not breaking up anytime soon? No. It will always be at least three. Well, not, I wouldn't say breaking up. Taking out Finn. Yeah, maybe. I could see that more I still want to see where the J.D. McDonough thing was supposed to go. Because had the approaching of J.D. McDonough to Finn as Damien came up to him, and then they split off, and then you just didn't see J.D. after that, which I... I've always had the thought that it would be at SummerSlam is when that will culminate. But it's but in my head, is it Damien leaves Judgment Day or is it Finn leaves Judgment Day with JD? Because if Damien leaves, then JD has room to join. I like the path that you're going down. I'm just not 
sure, because I would put that whole brouhaha with JD McDonough in like the same locked closet as Finn's facial expressions when Paul Heyman went, Mr. Priest. Yeah. Like it's just the it's the it's the the ancillary background stuff of them fracturing at least. Um I would say ultimately ultimately though, it's gonna come down to how long Damien holds that case, one. Right. But then two the particulars of him cashing in because I don't do any of us think Damien can sustain a failed cash in. Yes, I I can because it would if there is a failed cash in, it would lead to a Finn Damien rivalry because I think Finn would have to be the one to cost. It's either Finn is in the title match that he cashes in on, or Finn ruins his cash in in a match that he's not in. And I hate the latter. Like, okay, so Jordan Devlin, I don't like this whole mindset that we can't have more than four people in a, well, in a faction, which I know traditionally four people, like, it's kind of the move you want to do. But normally it is four male athletes. So in my opinion, you do have that female presence who could still be the leader. And then you have the four male athletes control, whatever you have in that way. You have tag titles, you have main card, you have a world title. Just a preference. preference, I only bring up the fact that it would be either Damian leaves for JD to join or whatever, because they didn't make it seem like JD was there to join with the other members of judgment day. They made it seem like he was meant to talk to Finn alone. Right. He didn't want to have the others in the conversation. So that's the only thing I bring up as a preference. I would be completely fine if, if he joined as a part of Judgment Day and make it a five-man uh, group with Rhea part of it and four guys. Right. We don't want it to be like some NWO thing where the whole the whole WWE wants to join because it's power-hungry or anything like that, which... I don't think we'll ever be able to be done again. Like, I think the last biggest group that they had was Nexus, and that didn't really go too well. Well, there's a story between Finn and JD, too. I mean, JD is uh, Finn's protege. Hey, you're also forgetting about the core. The core was four. Oh, bars. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, bars. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry I upset you. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, I wouldn't hate another member into the Judgment Day. I just think a lot of the Judgment Day's strengths are off of the fact that Rhea basically manages all their matches except her own. And I think that is a plus factor to the effectiveness of the group. It's different. Um, I don't I seen that. Dominic isn't strong enough yet as his own character to do what Rhea does if the group was bigger. Because that's... If you're going to make the group bigger, somebody still has to fill that manager role. Or you get bloated triple threat... Not triple threat. um, Six-man tag matches. You get unnecessary standard tag matches that now have two managers, which is... It just... It bloats the overall viewscape of what they present to me but if you were to say let's take a conversation bring in jd mcdonough but like 
you do a thing where JD McDonough isn't necessarily accepted right away by the senior members, the Damien, the Finn. So then he has to work with Dom and it's like him and Dom and Rhea like doing stuff to build JD up to the other two senior members. I, I can get behind that. And I like that. I just don't think it would, that's the dynamic it would be. It would be Dominic and Damien don't like him being in because he's he's already talking to Finn. Yep. So JD's kind of like a big hard ass already. Like he he has a vet mentality to him. I just thought though, because that would be funny though, because like what if because you know how each faction, if there's four, there's a main card guy, a mid card guy, and a tag team. What if they his character is the hard ass, like merged with Dominic's character who is trying to act like a hard ass mm-hmm. but isn't that'd be kind of a cool dynamic dude he uh, he also would fit that <laughs> dynamic so like he's just so rough and tumble like of a fighter it's so fun watching jd mcdonough because he's a high flyer he's a technician his headbutts are some of the craziest things ever in my opinion like it is all the way back like hit and then his he turns a side he makes a side suplex look like the most devastating thing ever like, I-, I think he would fit really well into that faction, but they've also talked about bringing up... They said something about Cora Jade, and I don't... That... No. I don't, we don't it need that. It made sense a while ago, but it... If, no. I I, it doesn't make sense now. Cora Jade's, like, in her own element right now. Yes. Like, she's she is a solo competitor. Uh, it, Like, honestly, you don't really need to put anyone else besides JD in now, that Cora thing. Cora Jade would be, like, a page-style call-up to me. I'd agree with she that. She just gets that mega push as soon as she comes up. And for the suspension of disbelief, just from a storyline perspective, Rhea's too big for another female to be in the group, yep. in my opinion. Yep. Just- exactly. Mm-hmm. But where else do we go from here? I mean, we talked about the United States Championship. We talked about Judgment Day and where that can or can't go. Talking about Dami getting his treat of the WWE women's tag titles. No, you talked about that. Uh, we all think it. It's okay. No, me, Zach, and Randy speaking for him in his absence. Um, everything that we have heard about Dominic Mysterio win- winning the women's tag team title has a- been against all of our collective wills. If I ever see any news article and it's not with your name on it, I'm going to believe that you paid for them to do that. Well, comment down below who you think Dami will get the pin on in the women's tag title match between Rian Dami versus Chelsea and Sonya Deville. Cause actually Dami, uh, double choke slam pin them both at the same time. You're just as bad as Randy. Are, are you currently booking the women's tag team division? Because that's, that was job. just as manic as the last three weeks it, have been with it, title it, changes. It'd Can be you better. and Randy book a dream match of Nia Jax versus Dominic? No, I don't want to do that because he's impossible. To, like, you think I'm impossible to talk about with Dami? At least I'd give the other person some offense. He'd be like, "No, Nia Jax just kills him immediately. That's it." <laughs> I mean, no. is he wrong? Right. Would he be wrong in that no, hypothetical? Because Nia Jax doesn't know how to be a safe worker. Doesn't mean she can just bully Dami. Okay, so then Nia Jax versus Rich Holland. No, Nia Jax isn't going to get anywhere near the WWE besides a promotional push or the Royal Rumble or... No, just stay away. Go away. Shoo. This is Dami's world. You're just living in it, Nia. Nia Jax 
to Dominic Mysterio would be what Viscera was to anybody that came across him in his pajamas in the late 2010s. Look, dude. <laughs> that is Look. that is how bad it would be. Look, the Rhea's there to pick up the slack because Rhea would kill Nia Jax. I don't care. I mean... That Riptide would be thunderous. Like, Nia Jax lost to Hugger Bailey. My opinion. Rhea would absolutely maul her then if you're losing to Hugger Bailey. Which, also, over, or overrated, don't at me. But we can do that at another time. <laughs> Hugger Bailey was so overrated. We can get on, get on another tangent about That's that. I mean, you're about, you're about to make me look like Roman Reigns when Baron Corbin picked up that contract and was about to sign it. <laughs> I just... When Baron Corbin got fed dog food? No. <laughs> after that. <laughs> Unnecessary tangent fun fact. The sad Corbin gimmick was only supposed to go a month. He was just too sad. He, he was just... The <laughs> literal difference between Austin Theory and somebody who's good at their job. I'm just very happy we saw Baron Corbin burn all the happy Corbin stuff. The, burned the, every gimmick. The lone wolf thing, the lone wolf thing, though, is like... Is it really like the coolest thing ever? Because when I hear Lone Wolf, I'm just hearing, okay, so you don't have a gimmick. You're just saying, I am by myself, guys. Yeah, but that's what he's about to do now. Yeah, and I'll yeah. I'll keep it a buck. The Lone Wolf thing probably could have stayed and would have continued to get him over if he didn't have that whole balding, wet hairstyle. Like if he basically was as bald as he is, I'm, I'm not like trying to tear somebody down like physically, but literally if he was just bald like he is now, Lone Wolf gets over more. I don't want to see somebody that couldn't get hired at a to be a bouncer at Pops on a Saturday night telling me that they're a Lone Wolf on TV. Like, I'm sorry, that doesn't resonate with me. He does look like a waitress that I saw at Waffle House one time. You meant waiter, right? No. Moving on. Moving on. Yeah, yo, I'm just saying, like, you don't have to look like you just got out of the shower every match, you know? <laughs> Triple H did that, too. See, here's, here's a, I don't hear you saying anything about that, though. Here's why I love being on this podcast. You and I knew exactly what I was getting at. No, he, did he did not. So we're going to move right along. Um... Since we're in this vein of women's tag teams and also Baron Corbin, uh, Baron Corbin, great work on NXT. Please keep it up. Uh, I believe it. I like it. I want to see more of it. I tried so hard. Yeah, just get released. I don't care. Over under two business weeks before Chelsea Green and Sonya Deville lose the tag team titles especially after Matt Cardona, for those of you that don't know, Zack Ryder from back in the day, who is Chelsea Green's real-life partner, showed up in a promotion over this past weekend in Japan with her actual tag team title belt. Not a replica. Hers around his and waist. And won their, their universal team. Like, I'm, I am always in the mindset of all publicity is good publicity, but I don't, I don't, I'm not sure 
if there even is a correct message. He was backstage the night that Kelsey Green won. I think that was big. I really think that it's it was given permission. I really, if he didn't, he has the biggest cojones ever to do that. Because I don't know what repercussions you can get from taking a WWE belt on public television that isn't their property. Oh, we, we it's just it's a title belt, but we, we know exactly know, what think. the repercussions are. Can I interest you in the OG women's belt being trashed live on WCW yeah. television, and that particular wrestler went unmentioned for decades? Yeah. Do I think that's going to happen this time? No, because no, I really think that Triple H was just like, yeah, go have fun. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Dude, I think it's going to be over in two weeks. I don't think there's any, there's no single way that got approved, in my opinion. No, Vince like, McMahon plug gasket. By Vince? Hell no. No, I don't think anyone gave me permission to do that, <laughs> if I'm going to be honest. Like, you don't go on a rival promotion with any belt, or you don't give your belts to someone else and be like, here, go crazy. It was his wife's women's it's, tag team title. It's it wasn't your, even a men's belt you see people lose their titles like just in public randomly all the time like and this is not like the same story but it's like dude you're you just won these belts cool you kind of needed a belt to kind of make you a little more relevant and kind of get your character a little more over which i think will help but i i do think who, who are the longest reigning tag champs is it the iconics I'm pretty we sure know. it's the Iconics. I think they'll beat the Iconics record. Uh, Sony and Chelsea. I do think that. Even with this crap that just happened, I do think that. Like, even though we see a lot of teams that just get thrown together and it's like, eh, they make sense. Go, go do something. Like, what are they going to... What What would they have done? Like, Liv and Raquel could go on their singles path. Like, we absolutely know that. Sonia, not so much. Chelsea could, but yeah, won't. Uh, I think that that makes the most sense. And also, I Iconics didn't have much competition. I don't think they have much competition I'm right just now anyways. You know, but after Raw, whenever they won... The all word behind it is that they're having a lengthy title run to reestablish the tag team. And going to reestablish the tag team division, but it makes the most sense for them to be the tag team. Like, no offense to Caden and Katana, they ain't going to do nothing. It, I yep, and then Isla Dawn and Alba Fire haven't been on TV yep. since they lost, so. Sorry. I don't know. You seem confused with it, but it, honestly, if there's one thing that has made sense recently, not the formation of it, but if you're going to form that tag team, give them something to do. Those made the most sense to me. With full chest, I will bet you right now on this podcast episode on in the year of our Lord, 2023, July 23rd, any amount of money that Chelsea Green and Sonya Deville will not beat the longest Rain. I actually do want to see the how women's long that team. rain was. Let me see. I'm I'm on the tween side of that. I do think they will have a lengthy rain. Ooh, I think they will, they'll get to they'll hold the belts that. for four weeks. I know. <laughs> <laughs> ah. 
God, I just I hate. I, but I will say, I will say from three or four episodes back, um, I do owe. I forget which one it did it, but when they faced Sonya, Caden and Katana, when they faced Sonya and Chelsea Green two Raws ago, they did a move I had never seen a lot done in WWE, which was a seated her Karana from the top rope while Chelsea Green was on one of their shoulders. I've never seen that done. I think the room for error for that is next to zero, and they did it flawlessly. Oh, yeah. So I apologize formally for any aspersions I casted on their skill that creative setup. They could totally beat that. 172 days. Only. Only. Not even a full school year. That's the longest reign in the women's tag team division. Not even a full school year. Dude, honestly, that'd be a good bet to have. I'll make a bet on that. On the Two Heavy Wrestling Podcast, it is between Eddie and Clayton. That'd be a good bet. Watch, they're going to lose it in two weeks anyways. Over under of 172 days for this women's tag team title reign. Clayton picks under. Eddie picks over. What are we going to bet? We have to figure that out. I'll let you decide. Huh? Because I feel very confident in this. That's really good that you feel confident which makes me feel like i could bet more a wrestling t-shirt uh. from pwt's ew no that's too little <laughs> i'm feeling risky you let me know we'll it's address it on the smackdown we'll address it on next week's episode yeah, ticket to smackdown sure but that's we, if they go past however many days though because how about this okay yeah, we have, we'll it's been like else. two months yeah yeah it's fine it's fine. When do you do you think they will lose the belts before we see them in person? Yes. Okay, so let's bet on that. Okay. Before SmackDown, then. Yeah, let's say if they lose them before SmackDown, which is in October, then I will pay you back the money for said ticket, and vice versa. Okay. If they hold the belts, then you pay me back the money for said ticket. Deal. Okay, we can All do right. that. I feel good about that. You've heard it here, Eddie versus Clayton over under. Until October of this year, 2023, will Chelsea Green and Sonya Deville's title reign last until then? Oh, we should have done, I should have done something else I was going to suggest. We both have to cosplay, I cosplay as Dami, you cosplay as Mommy. (laughs) I will cosplay as Viscera, and that is the only answer. (laughs) And all cosplay as Mommy. And speaking of competition, as we near the end of this shorter than normal episode... Let me bring everybody in to a new competition that we are going to be starting here on the Two Heavy Wrestling Podcast. And I'm excited because I don't know anything. I should know everything, but I don't. (laughs) Over the next handful of weeks, through at least Survivor Series, Eddie, Zach, and Randy will be completing a trivia game of which I will ask them top fives of different level of wrestling facts the winner of this competition at the end of season one will win a piece of wwe merch from the wwe.com website valued at a hundred dollars or less of their choosing okay you told me all this i remember all this i thought there was more that you okay that was it okay for our loyal listeners before i start the game i am going to give one letter 
After I give that one letter, you need to collect all the letters and put them together to spell out what the letters should spell. And you yourself can win a piece of merch from WWE.com. If we have it, do we just... No, you guys are going to get some deliberation time. You're a stroke? Is that what you mean? So. (laughs) Week one, game one. This is going to be top five winning percentages of all time. Oh, jeez. <laughs> for WWE performers. Now, the wrestling database that I'm using also incorporates their non-WWE matches. So, oh. if they have wrestled for WWE, they are considered. But to help both of you out... There is only one wrestler from the 80s in the top five. I know one of them already. I know who that is. You gentlemen. I know exactly who that is. It's not that hard if you think about it. You gentlemen will get two minutes to deliberate your answers. So we're picking a top five of wins. Yes. Top five. Of all time. All time. You don't have to give me the actual number. You don't even have to have them in order. But the closer you are to having them in order is going to be the tiebreaker. And oh, Randy geez. is not eligible for the tiebreaker. I will also tell both of you. Did you tell them these in person? That was another thing I wanted to ask. Because I know that Chad would cheat on something like this. Um, I actually held a Zoom meeting with Randy where I timed him and had him, him give me the answers. Within the same time frame, I'm going to give you two. Can I Can ask how many he got? He got one point out of a possible five. And because he's not on this episode, he is not eligible for the tiebreaker. Okay. So if you two come down to a tie, I have a way to break that tie. Cool. All right. Top five. I'm just saying, are there any promotions that are excluded from this? If they haven't wrestled for WWE, they're not on this list. Okay. I did not factor in anybody who. So, like, for example, Jade Cardgill is at the top of the wrestling database for winning percentage. But she has never wrestled for WWE, so she is not considered for this game competition. Okay. That helps a little bit. So, two minutes on the clock, starting now. While these two gentlemen deliberate their answers, here on the Two Heavy Wrestling Podcast, we want to make sure that you at home enjoy the content that we put forth. To that end, please hit us on all the socials where you can find us. If you, Maybe you have some thoughts. Maybe you have some suggestions. Maybe even you have an idea for this game. Please reach out to us. DMs are open and always monitored. There may or may not be ratings of human flesh if provided. But I'll leave that up to our social media manager. Dude, I'm trying to think because I'm thinking about winning percentages now. Like, I'm not even thinking about, like, the biggest wrestlers, which I feel like, I feel like I'm overthinking this. I got one <laughs> so far that I'm pretty confident on. I feel like throwing a stupid answer in just because it's funny, but... 60 seconds. 60 seconds, oh, jeez. Do, 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 do.
Dun-dun-dun. This episode of the Too Heavy Wrestling Podcast is brought to you by Prime Energy Drink, the tastiest energy drink on the market with two faces that you could love. And that's what a commercial would sound like if we were actually sponsored. Come on, Logan. Oh, man, dude, this is so tough. I'm going to get this wrong. Knowing Randy only got one right, though, I have a chance to win. Um, Ten. Three, two, one. Yeah. Markers down. That's, I tried. I thought so hard. All righty, Eddie, if you will show your answers to the camera. Okay. So I have the ultimate warrior, mm-hmm. who was the guy from the 80s who I thought of oh. because he went on a giant streak and really didn't lose that many matches. Okay. Uh, there were two defaults that I put on there, which I totally think are wrong because of how many times I actually do think they've lost. That is The Undertaker and Stone Cold Steve Austin. Mm-hmm. I put Gunther. Okay. That man has only lost a few matches. Okay. And I put Kaylee Ray because before she made her big impact to WWE, she was had a 649-day title reign. Okay. So I was trying to think a little more statistically on this. Okay. Zachary. Are we doing my answers first, or are we going to tell him how many he got? We're going to show everybody's answers, because I have Randy's okay. answers on my board. Mine are bad. The last one, I literally just show threw the, it show, out there. Show so the people at home. So, I have Goldberg, uh, AJ Styles, John Cena, Undertaker, and Trish Stratus. Very nice. Very nice. Randy's answers were Hulk Hogan, Undertaker, Bruno San Martino, John Cena, and Stone Cold. I didn't put freaking Hulk Hogan. <laughs> you got Hulk right. I'm assuming, right? How about you just wait till I read off the answers, huh? Dude. Huh? How about you do that? I'm so <laughs> mad. I didn't put Hulk. Alrighty. I will do it in reverse order. So starting with number five. Okay. Number five. Across 1,487 matches with a blistering win percentage of 76.4%. John Cena. Yeah. I should have put in. Number four. With only a small sample size of 80 matches. But a win rate of 81%. Ron Breaker. Jeez. Okay. Number three. With a total match run of 307 matches at an 82% winning percentage. Goldberg. Yes. Okay, so I totally lost. Number two. That nobody got. Yeah. Yeah. Winning 84 out of 100 matches. I'll let you guys figure out the math percentage on that. Ronda Rousey. That makes sense. And number one, with 181 matches recorded in the Internet Wrestling Database at an 89.5% winning percentage, The Ultimate Warrior. Okay, so I did get that. What I All thought. Right. So I think me and Eddie. Where's Gunther on that list? 
Gunther. Wow, I'm actually gonna have to control F him. Gunther wasn't Gunther at 758 matches only has a 66.7% winning percentage. This is outside of WWE too, though. Yeah, this is incorporating all his matches. See, I didn't think about that. So I know Eddie had two. Did you have two as well? Mm-hmm. All righty. Let me see your clipboards again. Hold on. I didn't have two. I had Ultimate Warrior, Undertaker, Stone Cold, Gunther, and Kaylee Ray. Oh, no. So I won. Zach wins. <laughs> I was going to totally lie, but then you said, let me see your clipboards, Guns. So I'm like, okay. Well, the week one winner, Zachary Craig. <laughs> And for those of you at home that want to win your own piece of WWE merch, the letter for game one is N, as in Nitro, as in Nuclear, as in Nikes. And this is to end up making a word? As in Nia Jax. It's going to make a phrase. How many weeks are there? It's going through at least Survivor Series. Oh, Jesus. But I, I actually need to count the letters because I made up that part on the fly. <laughs> so it'll go with however many letters there are. But we will not play every week. But any time I take an episode off, that week I come back, we will be playing. Okay. Okay. But yeah, winner. Yeah. I wish it was WWE and then I felt like I would have won. I like that. That was fun. Yeah. Little way to just oh sorry, the winner of each individual game also gets to pick the difficulty level of the next game. This is what I would consider medium. Would you like easy, medium, or hard for the next game? Are you looking at me? God damn it! Uh, uh medium. Okay. This has been Top 5 Wrestling Trivia, WWE-focused. Yeah. So does that do her for this episode? I think that'll bring us home. Eddie, hit us with those socials that should have hit us with at the start of the episode. Hold on. Hold on. This is more important. This is really important. Nothing is more important than your capitulation to me. Once I take over this podcast, I will take over the world. This is the worst heart ever, but I just made some quick art for Dommy and Mommy. There we go. Ah, that heart kind of looks like Buddy Matthews' heart. It looks like my yeah. heart. That looks like my heart because it's lumpy lopsided. and unattended. <laughs> oh, yeah, our socials. <laughs> uh, make sure to follow us on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Make sure to tune in to our podcast each and every week on Spotify and Apple Music. And we will be going into more short content with unboxings of the PW crate and hopefully some more things in the future. But we have been too heavy and we hope you have a great day. I don't. I hope. Bang! Anything good that happens to anybody should happen to me instead. Yeah! <laughs>